Thoughts, opinions, and general overall shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Hope you all are having an amazing week so far. It is Thursday, June 8th, and today is National Name Your Poison Day for all you lushies out there. It's also World Oceans Day. It's also National Best Friends Day, because how else could you have National Pick Your Poison Day without Best Friends Day? It's also World Brain Tumor Day, because everyone loved Kindergarten Cop as well as World, get ready for this, Gretchen, World Pet Memorial Day. And, of course, for all the kiddos out there, it's National Upsy-Daisy Day. Oh, yeah. Thank you for joining us and getting high at 9 with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code right there in the top-hand corner of your screen to find out where we live on the Internet. And we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on Clubhouse. And if you are joining us in Clubhouse, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand if you have a brief comment on the story most recently presented. But kicking us off first, that's right, we have the dope dad himself. That's right, it's Rico Lamite, the Quasimodo caretaker, the father of little baby Zozo. And that's right, he is the professional flip-flopper and backpedaler that loves to do it in the streets. That's right, it's the dope dad, Rico Lamite. Ain't no flop in my flip, Jason. And um, but thank you for the intro. And I'm sorry to say that I've got some bad news coming out of Colorado this morning for Gretchen Gailey and all the other weed breathalyzer advocates out there. Because in yet another scientific shot to the ever broadening collective bow of prohibitionist law enforcement agencies, regulators and global police state proponents. Recent data published in the Journal of Breath Research revealed more science-based evidence suggesting technology and devices designed to quantify the presence of THC in human breath fails to reliably distinguish between those who have recently been exposed to cannabis and those who are regularly cannabis consumers. Per the article, Researchers affiliated with the University of Colorado at Boulder and National Institute of Standards and Technology analyzed the breath of 14 regular cannabis consumers at baseline and then again one hour immediately after smoking. 
They reported the subject's THC breath levels did not predictively increase after smoking. Of the 14 participants who provided two samples during the experimental session, eight participants showed the anticipated increase in THC after cannabis use. THC was not detected in three post-used breath extracts, and the remainder of post-use extracts were similar to or lower than baseline extracts. The stunning results left the authors no choice but to conclude that their results do not, in fact, support the idea of detecting THC in breath as a single measurement to reliably indicate recent cannabis use. Tara Lovestead, the study's corresponding author, conceded in a press release that her team expected to see higher THC concentrations in breath samples collected an hour after people used, but they did not. She said a lot more research is needed to show that a cannabis breathalyzer can produce useful results. And a breathalyzer test can have a huge impact on a person's life, so people should have confidence that the results are accurate. Here are the Hyatt 9 Excuse me, here at Hyatt 9 News, we always say policy should follow data and science when it is available. So, when countless studies have consistently failed to identify the presence of THC in either blood or breath as an indicator of a person's impairment or recent exposure to cannabis, is this not evidence enough to uh, stop pouring more hard-earned American taxpayer dollars into this bridge to nowhere? They're a tough economic times that America's going through right now. And this research is bleeding American pockets dry. And don't get it twisted, America is not dying, but she sure is crying. Creating more rules to limit her excellence and forging more tools to stifle the freedom of her inhabitants will do nothing to stop those tears from flowing. However, two science-backed methods to countless studies have shown effective in treating depression brought on by traumatic, cross-generational, oppressive legislation. More weed, and more freedom. I'm Rico Lamit, dope is that on the street, and I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about this one, especially Gretchen Gailey, the ride or die for the cannabis breathalyzer. All right, number one, as usual, you have not listened to a word I've said. I am not ride or die for a breathalyzer. I'm not flip-flopping. Why don't you let me speak? Let the woman speak. I am not ride or die for a breathalyzer. I am ride or die for finding a system or a mode of testing uh, because that is what Congress is looking for to move legalization forward. Uh, A number of pieces of legislation have said that they need to come up with some way uh, to be able to test for uh, cannabis in somebody uh, when it comes to a road impairment. Um, And so that is what I'm looking for. It does not have to be a breathalyzer. And frankly, uh, and in the words of good old uh, Thomas Edison, uh, I haven't failed. I just found 10,000 ways not to do something. So yeah, you found ways they have to- figured out that a breathalyzer is not the way to do it. And I don't know who you think is bleeding um, the economy dry on this research, Rico. Uh, but it just shows that they, all right, let's look at another method because clearly the breathalyzer is not the answer. So they got to come up with something else. Good old Thomas. Whether it's a breathalyzer or piss test or hair test or whatever the case may be, why is it necessary? Why don't they just get out of people's business? Right. <laughs> you know, especially if they're not hurting anybody. Why does it matter, Gretchen? Well, that's the whole point is they do believe that it is hurting someone. If you are driving impaired, if you are a truck driver who wants to consume medically, should you be able to drive uh, your big rig while you are uh, consuming? No, they, they're looking for a test. The but employer. they have to come up with a reliable test, Nicholas Wildstar. See? 
the why? employer should Maybe be. Why? What is this? Why? The Are you kidding me? It's not like alcohol. It's not like being drunk. Well, like well, they need, well, they, they need to kill goose chase, that. waste money, and, and, and it's bullshit, for lack okay. of a better word. I think right. I think time over time his history has proven that it's not the same thing as alcohol because there were no drug driving cases in the 60s or 70s or even 80s or even 90s it never even happened until all of a sudden legalization happened and it became a thing all of a sudden just out of the blue poof I am telling you what Congress is requiring for legalization and if you don't want to give it to them then cool let's just keep uh being a schedule 1 drug yay team Glad yeah, we did all this work for nothing. Police stage is one hundred percent for the police stage. She wants, she wants more rules, more laws, which means more taxes. I don't want taxes. rules. I want safety. Why is everything got to be about rules? It's about safety. Oh, the children. I didn't get into the children. I'm talking about my general safety, your general safety. I thought that's what safety belts were for, Gretchen, or for safety. All right. I'm done here. Uh, Move along to something else where if you guys have an actual valid point to bring up. Gretchen Gailey's over here stumping for Ralph Nader. <laughs> Ralph Nader has done a lot of great things for this country. There we go. Oh, there we go. That sounds like a rhino statement if I've ever heard one. I tell you what. Whatever. I'm waiting for the Mitt Romney comment. I love. I love Mitt. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Finders full of women. Finders uh-huh. full of women. Uh, yeah, yep. see that? Worked on his campaign. See? I liked Romney. Right above the flag. Gretchen was in. Was in uh, Mitt's binders. Oh, I was a, I and I had no problem being in the binders. Really, really better oh. than get my pussy grabbed by some idiot. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Your favorite pussy grabber. Yeah, let's re-elect that again. Oh, yeah. Just grab a tic tac. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good lord. Next. We're gonna go to a commercial. We're gonna be right back. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Oh, yeah. He is. He is. Cannabis industry's longest continuously operating retailer known for smoking the best weed in the world. And it's obvious that today he got the yellow shirt memo. Yeah, it's old. <laughs> Y'all know who it is. It is the co-hostess with the mostest. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Hostess today, Mr. Green, Queen himself, Jason. Oh, the welfare queen himself. I bet, I bet, I bet. All these fun little... Fun little sayings for you today, Rico. Lots of fun stuff. Today, my story, you guys, is on a serious note. But again, you know what? We're going to find some humor in it, too. Because a, a cannabis icon, a global icon, Bob Marley. Everyone's heard of Bob Marley. Well, Bob Marley's son, Rohan, is accused of demanding an ex-employee promise not to have sex. Hold on. A promise demanding a promise not to have sex with other men. And she claims she was verbally abused her before her wrongful termination. 
So let's get into this. Bob Marley's son, Rohan, has been dragged to federal court by an ex-employee who claims he forced her to endure a hostile work environment, including allegedly demanding she not sleep with any other men, RadarOnline.com has learned. According to court documents obtained by Radar Online, Chloe Volano is suing Rohan Marley and Shashamani Group for Get this, a quid pro quo harassment, a hostile work environment, and wrongful termination. In a quote, defendant Rohan Marley is the son of legendary musician and icon Bob Marley, who has attempt who has attempted with varying degrees of failure to establish his own legacy as an entrepreneur and lifestyle brand mogul. The suit reads. Chloe said Rohan was working to launch his cannabis-centered brand, Lion Order. She said while he had a vision, he allegedly leaked biz- he, he, he alleged- allegedly lacked business acumen, she says, especially as it related to navigating the complex logistical, regulatory, and legal hurdles associated with a successful cannabis industry venture. In the suit, she said by 2021, Lion Order was, in quotes, lying in disorder with no direction, no progress, and with no no one with qualifications of experience to move it forward. Chloe said she has been a leader in the cannabis business since 2009, and she claims to have met Rohan in 2019 at an event. The two hit it off while talking about his business. She said she agreed to work with Rohan back in 2021, and Chloe said she had no idea she was setting herself down a path of exploitation, heartbreak, and abuse. Chloe said for March of 2021, until her, in quotes, unlawful termination in March of 2022, Chloe said she held position Lion Order for, in quotes, for a successful launch. Despite her work, Chloe said she was forced to endure blatant and shocking harassment based on her gender. She accused Rohan of being verbally abusive and degrading or den- denigrating to Chloe on a constant basis and spoke disrespectfully to her in meetings with other bosses. She claimed when she confronted him, he told her, I can speak to you this way because I am fucking you. Chloe said his treatment of her caused others in the company to disrespect her as well. Then she claimed Rohan promised to fix the issues with other employees if she agreed not to have sex with any other men. She claimed he warned her that if uh, if he found out she had slept with any male co-workers, it would fuck things up for her at the company. Chloe said she refused to confirm to Mar to, to Marley that she would follow his demands in a quote the very next day defendants formally served Chloe's em- employment the suit read and uh, she said the businesses had continued to thrive while she had been cut out of the success Chloe has demanded in excess of 6.25 million dollars for her alleged damages and there was a update to this story when I clicked on it this morning and it says Rohan's representative responded and in a quote says this lawsuit is without merit and I intend to vigorously defend myself in court I will not let any person take advantage of me and exploit my family's name the allegation that Chloe Volano was terminated for any illegal reason could not be further from the truth and we are confident Miss Volano's claims will be dismissed out of California 
and most importantly, will be dismissed on the merits due to the wealth of evidence we possess demonstrating Miss Villano's desire to continue working with me months after she voluntarily resigned in writing as our company's CEO. <laughs> well, I have all kinds of questions about this, all kinds of thoughts, and I just have to ask, is Chloe Villano making herself the Gene Carroll of the cannabis industry? And this is Jason Beck reporting for the High at Nine News Hour. What do y'all think? <laughs> That's fucked up, dude. <laughs> I'm not going to touch uh, the Gene, the E. Gene Carroll uh, comment uh, at all. But um, this one is uh, like, I don't know, man. If you know uh, Chloe Villano and if you've um, worked with uh, Chloe Villano, speak up, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, do do we have the audio, Adam? All right, Adam. So, so this audio, uh, to, to my understanding, is, is is something that 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 she said um, after she had resigned. In regards, go ahead, play the audio. And this was said on a po live podcast, and I'll get that for you in just a second. Uh, I have a couple venues in mind, but we're kind of we're getting through this one in the next couple of weeks, and then we're going to go full force. I'm actually moving full time to California um, in July, so it's going to be interesting. I'm sure I'll be in Colorado a lot, but my you know, I've been writing applications out there and, and working with some big teams. So, um, you know, it's going to be exciting. And COVID, I had a little extra time to do that. <laughs> right. This is all from May 23rd, 2022. On Can you Grove, give some context Walmart. to that? What's that have to do with anything? <laughs> so basically, basically what they're what home conversation is that after she resigned, she was still going around saying that she was still part of the company and still doing doing interviews and whatnot. That's okay. that, that, that that's that's what that is alleging to. And like the crux my, of this, my, to my understanding. Yes. Okay. Hmm. I, I think this is going to be a whole lot of he said she said, unless there is yeah. some real scathing, you know, actual evidence. If there's something in, he put something into emails or something she can produce, I don't see how this Smoking is really going to benefit mm. her unless she can really prove this. I don't know. You know, you know, it, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that, Gretchen, because I did a little bit of research and I looked into the actual uh, law firm that is representing uh, Rohan Marley in this. And that law firm is extremely well known in representing um, victims of sexual abuse, sexual assaults, uh, uh, workplace, sexual, all of that, all of that extra stuff. And so the fact that they are still representing Rohan in this tells me that they, there's a very solid case that they have to defend who's the law firm um give me one second and i'll we'll get that for you I don't when, and, and i don't and i don't know this woman or anything having to do with this when was she there what when is she when she was ceo of the company apparently so apparently Any dates um, I don't have the actual dates of, of, of her employment, but to my understanding um, that she, she left uh, just a few months before the airing of that in May. So that would, let's just say, maybe like April of 2022. And do they both agree that, yes, they had a relationship at all or no? Well, I mean, e well, even even from her quote in, in the lawsuit, 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, it, 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 but by her saying the fact that, that, that Rohan said, I can talk to you like this because I'm, I'm b- blanking you or whatnot to me tells me that, yes, there was definitely an ongoing relationship that they had uh, going on. And I think maybe the moral of the story is don't sleep with your boss unless you're planning on starting a real relationship with them. Don't shit where you eat, man. Yeah. It's a, this is a tricky one because, you know, I'm, I'm typically in the camp of, you know, believing women um mm-hmm. but, you know when you have things like this again to Gretchen's point about the he said she said and all the drama that's come out of it i think it's going to be very interesting to watch it all play out for sure and all we can do is speculate at this point that's correct yep that is correct it's going to be sticky and messy and oh oh man it's going to be juicy and we're going to make sure that we follow it along over here at high and nine news mm. and are things looking up for her though if she is the uh, what was the name the the what of cannabis Jean Carroll. Jean Carroll. Didn't Jean Carroll win her case? I'm just wondering. Uh, yes. Oh, yes, come on, Jason. Come on, Jason. What you got for that yeah, one? Jason, <laughs> it's Leah. Great to see you. Oh, Leah. Hi. Good morning, Leah. How are good you joining morning. us in Clubhouse? Good morning. Um, first of all, um, this is sad news because Chloe Viano is a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and I have known her since uh, 2018. Um. And she hosts the Cannabis Business Awards, mm-hmm. which one of the companies I work for, you know, placed in. Um, she has never had any problems with any other of the people that she is constantly helping. I'm not going to I don't know what's going on. All I know is I'm going to reach out to her because um, this has got to be something really sad. Um, oh, 100 percent to any woman. But um, I have nothing but respect for uh chloe biano and this is leah it is always great to see you amazing we love thank you so much for for coming up and saying that leah we very much appreciate that perspective yeah and um i will i will have to say that several people have reached out about this story but they all refuse to go on record um and a lot of them did not have positive things to say about chloe i've never worked with her because i was asking like if anybody's worked with her please stand up and say some stuff well, Le- Leah just did. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, thank you, Leah, yeah. for saying that. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of other people who had negative stuff to say, but they would not go on record with it or, or say their names publicly. So I appreciate that, Leah. And, and 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 in all fairness, I've known Chloe for for a number of years. Um, I've never done any actual work with with Chloe, but I have known her as a person. And so I, I do feel terrible that this is even going on, that she had to file something like this and whatnot. But we're going to see what happens at the end of the day. And we're definitely going to follow follow updates on the story and make sure everyone knows what's exactly going on. I do know that um, <clears throat> when we did the, the California Cannabis Awards back in, I want to say, like 2017, I will note that, yeah, she did try to sue us for, for using um, cannabis awards. We're actually saying. Oh, it's oh, oh. the word. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So it's like, this is my only time ever hearing her name. I think I, I met her one time in, um, in Vegas. I can't remember when, but um, that's the extent of my knowing of her. But um, yeah. Well, like we said, we wish we wish we wish both parties the best. And we're going to like I said, we're going to keep on following this. We're going to keep it moving on. We're going to move right on in to Gretchen Gailey. She's the feisty redheaded conservative who, with Mayflower roots, loves to tell pot loving libs all about themselves, dress her dogs up in crazy outfits and 
parade them up and down the Washington, D.C. corridor. That's right. It's the founder of Panoptic Strategies, Gretchen Gailey. Dude, you're the king of the flip-flop. I don't want to hear it. I got nothing to flop about. Don't you worry. Rika Lamit, Vladi flopping, Divok. I don't want to hear it. Anyway. He's the king of the flip-flop. The flop. Oh, that's so good. You don't remember that? Do I do? That's why I think it's hilarious. Californians will get that. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> shout out to Sacramento Kings. <laughs> anyway, my headline today is coming from Marijuana Moment, um, and I mentioned this briefly yesterday, uh, and so I wanted to go a little deeper into it today. New coalition of major marijuana groups launches push for scheduling reform, even if it falls short of legalization. As federal agencies work to complete a marijuana scheduling review at the president's direction, a new coalition of major cannabis companies and advocacy organizations has launched, aiming to advance conversation in a way that embraces the potential benefits of an incremental rescheduling move, even as they push for broader legalization. The Coalition for Cannabis Scheduling Reform, which detailed its plans exclusively to Marijuana Moment ahead of an official launch on Tuesday, will be working with advocates, stakeholders, lawmakers, and administration officials to promote education about the need to remove marijuana from Schedule 1 of the Controlled Substances Act. Unlike other leading advocacy groups focused on full descheduling and legalization, however, its members are also united around the idea that moving cannabis to Schedules 3, 4, or 5 of the CSA would represent historic progress that shouldn't be discounted. But while there's general agreement that such a move would resolve key federal tax issues for the industry and ease research restrictions, some advocates have cautioned anything short of a complete removal of marijuana from the CSA, insisting that a a mere rescheduling would effectively capsize existing state markets and give way to further big business control of the industry. It's unclear when the administrative review that President Joe Biden ordered late last year will be completed. First, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services must complete a scientific review into the risks and benefits of marijuana. Then its recommendations will be sent to the DEA for a final scheduling decision. Agency heads have emphasized that they are working expeditiously to that end. In the meantime, the newly formed CCSR says it will be engaging federal officials and various departments to make the case for rescheduling or descheduling, and that will involve collaborations with lawmakers, experts, and officials at the state and federal level. Some of the largest names in cannabis have joined the effort for the launch. That includes Acreage Holdings, American Trade Association for Cannabis and Hemp, uh, better known as Attached to many of you, uh, Columbia Care, Cresco Labs, Cureleaf, Dutchie, Green Thumb Industries, Marijuana Policy Project, National Cannabis Roundtable, Scott's miracle Grow, U.S. Cannabis Council, The Weldon Project, and Vicente LLP. Brian Barish, co-chair of CCSR and the vice president, deputy general counsel and external affairs at the cannabis industry technology company Dutchie, told Marijuana Moment in a phone interview on Monday that members have all unified around the idea that we support scheduling reform. He said, our goal, I think everyone in this coalition's goal, is federal legalization of cannabis. We strongly support descheduling, and we also believe rescheduling to schedules 3, 4, or 5 would be historic progress towards ending federal prohibition. There will be a wide range of advantages over what is currently an unacceptable status, quote, morally, medically, legally, ethically. Let's be real here. 
This would be, regardless of whether it was descheduled or rescheduled to 3, 4, or 5, the first major shift in federal cannabis policy in 100 years. We would certainly welcome any of those outcomes. Of course, rescheduling and descheduling would have different impacts, with advocates widely preferring the full removal of marijuana from the CSA because it would mean the general elimination of federal criminal penalties over the plant. But transferring marijuana to Schedules 3, 4, or 5 would be symbolically and practically meaningful in other ways. It would mean, for example, that the federal government is abandoning its long-held position that cannabis must stay in Schedule 1 because it is a seriously dangerous drug with no medical value. Uh, the story goes on and on to uh, talk about what are the benefits and disadvantages of 3, 4, or 5. Uh, my reason for wanting to do this story is to point out to you the folks that are behind this effort are all the folks with the money and all the folks who are actually doing the lobbying. So guess who's going to be listened to? So if you want to step up and if you want to push descheduling, you need to get your asses to Washington and you need to start caring. This is and Pride 9 News. Oh yeah, come on. Where's 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 the sound by Rico? Which one you want today? You know what one we want, bro. You know which one we want. We want the Bernie Sanders sound by right there. <laughs> I am what? once again asking for your financial support. There we go. Yeah. Always work more financial support. Mm -hmm. I mean, Always. and these folks are not backing down, and they still um are parts of the National Cannabis Roundtable. They're still part of the USCC. Uh, they're just spreading their money, and they are riding the fence where they need to to keep their power. Um, this makes perfect sense to me, frankly. Yeah. These uh, guys so, are playing uh, the game of politics, and no one else in cannabis is. They definitely are playing the game, Gretchen. I will give you that. But but uh, actively, saying, I, I understand where they're saying any um, a rescheduling move from three, four, or five would be historic and symbolic. I get that, but it also is going to have major dire consequences that the cannabis industry is not ready to palate. I get it, but these companies are the ones who are ready to weather that storm. I understand. So they will be the last people standing. They don't care about you. They I, don't care I, about the little guy. I understand that, Gretchen. Spread the wealth around, man. Corporate socialism going on right here. That would be like a massacre, a large-scale massacre to the cannabis industry. I just can't. I mean, yeah, like you said, Jason, I can totally see, oh, it's historic. And anybody who's not in the know of cannabis is going to be like, this sounds great. The government's yeah. doing the job. They, and they worded that very well, well in, their, in their press release. They worded that, worded that very, very well. Definitely. This whole fucking thing. Excuse me. Oh, sorry, YouTube. All right. This whole thing of, of, of make a prohibition is, is built on an invisible box. It doesn't make sense to me. Where's the where's the research that put it on the schedule one list to begin with? Like, what what are we doing? This is stupid. This is dumb. I don't like it. Well, you know, the research was all concocted around reefer madness. Totally. And, you know, you know, people still believe that. So it must be true to some. Some. Some of them. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess. You know. A few M of them. Like I said, we do we need another coalition? Do we need another um, um, a gathering of sorts just to uh, give more money? And not see anything uh, past that we support, like mm -hmm. no, no. But the alternative is just um, allowing the powers that be that have money go ahead and do it. So I mean, that's what we're seeing now. Mm -hmm. Very, very so, well, very, very true. And while and while yes, the big boys are involved. I did not get into some of the the smaller players, um, and I can read some of them. That's uh, cool. So there's Arnold and Porter K. Schuller LLP. That's a lobbying group. Bada yeah. Bloom. The Bronx Community Foundation, Con Bud, Hemp for Victory, 
Hero Grown, Holistic Solutions, Housing Works, Justice Foundation, Cush Culture Industries, Major Bloom, uh, Majority Minority Group, Marku Enterprises, New York Card Coalition, Perkins Coy, Pharmacan, Physicians Research Center, Queen City Remedies, Simply Pure, Trenton, Smacked, Union Square Travel Agency, Valley Wellness, and Verano Holdings, and Wild. Um, a number of the smaller players are New Yorkers. So. Question, 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 yes. Greg. Do we know what the, the dues base is uh, for, for, for this new organization? What are the dues bases for the different tiers? I do not know, but I can find out. If you could find out, that would be great because I think our viewers would definitely want to know, especially for people that do want to know about spending money in Washington. It would be good for them to know what what the barriers of entry are of what they need to need to start putting their pennies aside for. And then also, um, is is I mean, are they going to just replace the NCIA, which you said that was um, is dying? Well, who's going to replace NCIA? I would say NCIA is the lowest hanging fruit if you're looking for cheapest voice in mm -hmm. Washington. Um, so no, there will be no cheap alternatives to having your voice heard in Washington. No, Washington is not a cheap city. It's an expensive nope. city. Other than me, you want to start paying me? I'll get you heard. Oh, for pennies on the dollar. That's right. Oh. I can start a coalition. That, I've run bigger coalitions than these people. Is that copper hair or red hair? I'll take any color if you pay me. That's uh, what I would love are my clients to start paying yeah, me. Yeah. Big bread. Love y'all. Big, big, big bread. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're going to go. Pay to your bills. Seat. Be right back. That's my final word. Pay your bills. Pay your bills. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the Law Offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. Oh, yeah. Stop. Whatever you're doing, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube if you have not already. If you're watching us from another platform, please come on over here to YouTube and make sure you hit that subscribe button and show us some love over here. Also, whatever you're doing, make sure you check out our website, www.hyatt9news.com. We have amazing merch. You can read all of our articles up there. And while you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter. You will get a confirmation email in your inbox, which you must hit confirm on, and then you will be officially subscribed. Also, too, make sure you tell your friends about us because organic growth is the best growth. Control Tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The Control Tower from Highly Educated. She is a cannabis and psychedelics reporter and copywriter that's been featured in numerous publications like High Times, Cannabis Now, Cannabis and Tech Today, and so many more. Currently the editor at Green State. You know what? Come to the stage next. The Minnesota monster herself, Rochelle Gordon. 
Thank you. Thank you. The Minnesota Monster. I like that one. That's like a new one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that. We're going to switch gears a little bit. Uh, talking about the mainstream uh, story coming from my associate editor, Kara Wheatstock, a super cool lady. Definitely check out her work. Snoop Dogg has partnered with Jack in the Box yet again to create a munchy meal coming to restaurants near you. Jack in the Box is continuing its ride for cannabis culture with its latest collab with Snoop Dogg. The pair is dropping a new munchy meal featuring a decadent, delightful combination of Jack classics and one wild card. A loaded offering will be available at Jack in the Box restaurants starting on June 12th. Snoop's Munchy Meal will feature a spicy sauce and loaded chicken sandwich. That sounds delicious. With crispy chicken strips, bacon crumbles, and french fries topped with white cheese sauce, good, good sauce, and ranch. That sounds like a mess. The specialty sandwich is served alongside the chain's classic taco, brownie batter, medium curly fries, and a drink. This is the five-year anniversary of their first partnership and the 10-year anniversary of the Munchie Meal Lost. The company uh, chief marketing manager, Ryan Ostrom, said in a recent interview, we talked to guests and fans about who they wanted to see us partner with, and one name kept rising to the top. Uh Let's find out more about that. The collaboration is not the first between Snoop and Jack. In 2018, the pair dropped the Merry Munchie Meal alongside California's celebration of adult use legalization. Jack fans are here for Snoop's return, voting heavily in favor of letting the rapper take over the marketing for the brand in a recent poll. On Twitter, Jack in the Box said, should we put Snoop Dogg in charge of the new late night menu? 92% said yes. The fast food giant has marketed to the cannabis enthusiast in the past. Uh, their recent 420 promotion included a pineapple express menu. Uh, and the 2013 introduction of Munchie Meals to the menu was potentially the first campaign where Jack marketed directly to consumers asking heady questions like, would you rather have spoons for hands or elbows for ears? Not even sure what that really means. Uh, the Munchie Meal, as I said, will be available at Jack in the Box nationwide starting next week. And it will be available until August 6th. So if you want to uh, try this meal, get on that quick. Uh, cruise down to Jack, this is my favorite line, to try the limited time offer after smoking on that lodi dodi. But remember to delegate a sober driver, Gretchen. I'm sure you'd be happy about that. Who here is going to try uh, the Munchie Meal? I'm curious. We don't have Jack in the Box here in Minnesota, um, but when I'm out in the Bay uh, or some other place where they have this, maybe I'll give it a shot. What do you guys try? Would you uh, Would you taste this thing or what? Jack in the Box is um, <sighs> does not agree with uh, many a stuff. The, the only thing I eat at Jack in the Box is their vegan tacos. And I can't tell you the last time I had one of those. That sounds they, terrible. They have, like, they have like a Beyond Meat? Is it Beyond no, Meat? No, it's, it's just like some vegan stuff that they have in there. I'm not sure exactly what it is. I just know that their tacos are vegan. Are you sure it's vegan? 100%. Yeah. But they, they, they probably fry it in um, vegetable oil. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jack in the Box has fed my munchies plenty of times in the past through high school. Many times blazed the Jack in the Box and and I love that I don't eat that anymore, but I love the mainstream companies like them jumping on board, being, you know, cute with, with cannabis. It helps with normalization. Um, I love the partnership with Snoop Dogg. Obviously, it's, it's 
bring your own bud, but uh, I've done that. That's the way we always used to do Jack in the Box. I personally would not try this, but I do like the collaboration. I mean, I, I'll go I, ahead. I think that, you know, the, the sandwich sounds like a mess, um, but I'm curious. And yeah, just the mainstream acceptance uh, and times with the cannabis culture that continue to happen. You know, 420 after 420, we're seeing more and more of these restaurants cater to the cannabis consumers, of which there are many in this country. So I'm here for it. I think uh, I think uh, Jack in the Box needs to get with uh, what was her name? Khaleesi, too. And, and for their for their milkshake. <laughs> Khaleesi. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, she doesn't own the rights to that song. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like a big, it was a big deal. Be, uh, um, yeah, Pharrell owns the rights to that song, and um, it was a big deal. When the last Beyonce album came out, she um, uh, had a Pharrell sample from Milkshake, and Khaleesi came out of nowhere and was like, "I can't believe my song's still getting used, and I'm still not getting paid for it." Mm -hmm. You saw, you so, saw uh, her cooking show, didn't you? I did not. On Netflix, she it was a, a an infused cooking show, and I forget. And the they had to do like so much percentage of product and yada yada yada. It's entertaining watching the judges get high throughout the show as they send, yeah, go send through the, the different rounds. Go to Netflix, yeah. Google it. I don't know. I forget what it's called. Oh, of course you do. But it was a cooking show, so I watched it. I was it like, was oh, this is awesome. Milkshakes also um, bring me to the toilet pretty quickly because it's a lot of times. I have never had the pleasure of Jack in the Box. I'm sure that it's a wonderful product. Oh yeah, I haven't been, I haven't been on the East Coast in so long. Yeah, you guys don't have we it don't, on the East we Coast. We don't have Jack in the Box. No, but I but, all I ever remember is a killing kids with E. coli. That's what I remember about Jack in the Box. Oh, oh well, okay. it's true. <laughs> Come on, yeah. What? Yeah, just save the children. Save, save the, the children. children. See, Gretchen is out against Jack in the Box too. No, she hates uh, no. I, hey, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it's wonderful. Um, I can't. I'm, I'm sad. I'm missing it. I just know waiting in the Jack Jack in the Box drive through is always a great place to meet someone that's always looking for a sack of weed. I've always been able to make money when I'm sitting in the Jack in the Box line. That's for sure. Yeah, and, and Jack in the Box, they have been pioneers with uh, supporting the cannabis movement. They've always had, like, around 420, they've always had specials, and they've had their late-night menu inspired by um, cannabis aficionados, if you will. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's a good thing. I, I agree with you, uh, um, um, with both you, Rochelle, and um, and Stone on this one. I think it's a good thing. Do you think they have actual data on how many of their consumers are cannabis aficionados or do they just have the reputation yeah definitely 100% of them you either have to be drunk or high to eat jack in the box have you seen their late hey, adam can you bring up their late night menu just look what's yeah. on, their, on their late night menu it's like dorito dip tater tots <laughs> <laughs> with american cheese on them and shit like that Nick, Nick, we haven't heard much from you today do you have any thoughts on this um, I'm kind of with you guys as far as Jack and Crack. I mean, it's one of those places where you don't go late at night unless you hire drunk and, you know, late night after the club, ate nothing else open yep. except for Taco Bell and Jack and Crack, you know? Yep. <laughs> so, pick them over, you know, taco smell any day. Nope. And I, I don't remember, but they did have a breakfast jack I thought that was pretty good. I, but I think they serve that 24 hours a day, if I remember correctly. They do. Yeah. I remember. And I'm sorry, what is the current did. jack munchy oh, yeah. meal? What is it? Uh, so this one, it has a crazy chicken sandwich with about a thousand different sauces on it uh, and bacon and french fries. 
and then it also has a taco, some brownie batter, whatever, and fries and a drink. It's a lot of food. <laughs> you definitely have to be lit. They still sell those butter those those butter burgers. They just like like douse butter on the burger. Nothing wrong with that. Dude, I love a yeah. butter burger. That's delicious. <laughs> Don't be knocking that. Half, I love a little, just put a half stick of butter and just let it melt on top. I love a little buttery <laughs> croissant. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're going to go to our last commercial. We're going to be right back. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Oh, and, and he found a picture of the meal. Can you blow that picture up, Adam? Look at this, you guys. Snoop's Munchie Meal. There we go. There we go. That's what it is right there. What is up with the color of that? Is that a chili dog? It's like diarrhea in a box right there. Oh, yeah. I, I love a chili dog. That's what the box is for when you're done, I think. Why, why, why is the sprite blue? Is that because because Snoop is a crip? Oh, oh nice, 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 nice catch. I'm what you put That's what I think. That's what I think they're doing. I did not realize that uh that Jack in the Box got in the gangbanging game, but uh nonetheless, we're gonna yeah, maybe yeah, get some activists in there. Yeah, we're gonna keep maybe. it moving over yeah. to that's right. It's the governor. That's right. Representing the black conservative voice that Joe Biden would love to silence for even acknowledging exists in the real world. That's right. Here to change the narrative is none other than the governor himself, Nicholas Wildstar. Thank you, Jason. Federal legalization introduced today by Democrat representatives Dina Titus and Joe Negus seek to establish a new grant program within the National Institutes of Health, if you heard of them, they were NIH, the ones running the pandemic, to fund studies assessing cannabis medical benefits. The legislation, the Higher Education Marijuana Research Act of 2023, would appropriate up to $150 million in federal funding, aka your money, your tax dollars, for university-sponsored medical cannabis research. The legislation also permits academic institutions to purchase state-licensed cannabis products for the purpose of biological, chemical, agricultural, or public health research. However, universities would not be permitted to use state legal products in clinical trials. Why is that? (laughs) In recent years, Several states, including California, Colorado, Florida, Kentucky, and Utah, have taken steps to establish cannabis research programs via their state universities. The legal responsible use of cannabis has been a major economic driver in Nevada and across the country and deserves further research. More and more research, said Representative Titus in a press release. Most of that research will come from academia, where right now too many universities and researchers do not have robust protections for even possessing what they are researching. As a former professor, I'm introducing this common sense legislation to support their work and help us all learn more about the effects and potential uses of cannabis. Normal's political director, Morgan Fox, was also quoted in a release stating, we are grateful to Representative Titus 
for introducing this legislation at a time when state cannabis laws are rapidly changing. Despite cannabis being one of the most heavily studied substances, there continues to be uh, significant federal barriers to conducting additional research, particularly involving clinical trials and products that are available in regulated state legal markets. This bill would facilitate trusted university partners to engage in the kinds of research that will best equip state and federal lawmakers and regulators to develop effective cannabis policies based on public health and safety, will allow consumers to make more informed choices, and will help train the next generation of cannabis researchers. In December, President Joe Biden signed legislation into law, the Medical Marijuana and Cannabinoid Research Expansion Act, facilitating the federal approval of cannabis-specific clinical research and drug development. The law expedited the timeline with which the U.S. Attorney General is provided to either approve or deny application from scientists wishing to conduct clinical trials involving the use of cannabis by human subjects. Reporting for the High 9 News Hour, this is Nick Wildstar, a.k.a. The Governor. Speak now or forever hold your peace. 110 million. Oh, or 150. My bad. More money. 150 million. What do you think about this, Gretchen? What well, I don't understand your outrage, Wildstar, by allowing it's universities to research cannabis. My God, Gretchen, how much money do they need for research? I mean, geez. how much? I think, uh, I think much there's not enough money. And I frankly, I don't think 150 million is a drop in the bucket. I think oh, they should be God. spending. I think the government should well, be spending a, a ton of money. Dude. I'm not a socialist. You I think that they should. I am interested in finding out all the virtues and values yeah. of this plant and helping to really legitimize it. And if they can find a cure for cancer, fucking do it. I don't understand why you're against research oh or why you're against them allowing they can do using this legislation to use money. it for. First of all, oh, Gretchen, if cannabis cured cancer, they would never find they would never find that because okay. there's more money in a problem than there is in a cure. Exactly. How much of that 150 million dollars is going to be allocated towards more cannabis breathalyzer research? And now, how much was the breathalyzer research plus this 150 million? You know what I'm saying? And that's just this year alone, dude. Yes. Yeah, all right. More let's, and more. Again, let's keep our head in the sand. That's always a, a winning answer for this industry. I mean, it's I'm not about that. It's just it's a matter of funding for this research. There's better ways for them to appropriate that other than taking it from hardworking people who can barely afford to pay their rent right now or put food on their tables. I mean, come on, let's be real. You still have people out there that are, are unemployed and, and trying to recuperate from this pandemic that is stretched on now. For almost four years, and you I'm think, and you think that this that, uh, cannabis research is what's going to break uh, the federal government, or that's the only place they're wasting money. That's the only place they're wasting. Nick is saying, okay. Nick is saying that 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 every little bit helps. And the, the reality is is that the government spends far too much money on pointless things, and this is just another one of those things that they could cut out of the budget. He's saying, okay. That Fine. Would, uh, leave uh, leave all the research uh, up to Big Pharma and let them take this shit over. Oh, Knock yourself. This out. isn't one of those pointless things, though. Do it yourself. 
you can find funding from investors. You can find funding from people willing to give you the money themselves out of their own pocket versus taking it out of people's pockets who, again, cannot afford to give it to you. The university to apply for tax credits to be I able to know what you're talking about here. Well, for the, so. All of this research. So, so for the Republicans um, here, uh, Gretchen and, um, and, and, and Jason, uh-huh. you guys are against the um, paying off people's college loans, right? Yes, I am. You guys both? 100%, yes. Gretchen, not so much? It depends. But yeah, okay, it depends. Well, um, I'm just going to say, like, like how, how can you support, like, like, pouring money into college like American college research, if you're not willing to, uh, I didn't say, I didn't say I was willing to, those are choices that people made on their own individual accord. Can you put the comment by Justin up? Cause he just dropped the bomb right there. Cause that's the truth. Research is always done privately better. We know it already. Mm-hmm. Especially university style. The government only knows how to waste our money. That's all they're doing here. <clears throat> and if you look at our research, you know, because uh, all of these researches that they've done time and time again over the past decade, we can look at that and see how the results have benefited us as a community. Has it? No. Has it advanced the cannabis community? No. Has it advanced legislation? No. You know what I'm saying? Has it, has it helped in of making the culture of America more embracing to cannabis in general? No, the private sector has. You have, you and I have, the public has. And that's the only way it's ever gonna work. It's not going to help throwing more money, this so-called drop in the bucket, you know, could definitely help those people out now, out there now that are hurting to again, yep. struggling just to live their lives. Well, Star, I hear what you're saying. However, all the legislation currently going on in Washington is calling for research. This industry is not going to advance without research. And frankly, that's the only way that the government is going to accept it if it is research that is done by the National Institutes of Health or the DEA or HHS. They're the people that they're going to look to for these answers because, trust me, they're not going to believe the industry. So this is a necessary evil to advancing this industry. I know you don't believe that, but I'm telling evil you, that's how evil it's going to work. never necessary. We, never. We, we, we have Dr. Felicia to comment on this, and then after that we need to roll over and roll into stone. Go ahead, Dr. Felicia. Greetings, everybody. Uh, real quickly, I agree with Gretchen. If you want your family doctor to get comfortable with this plant, they're going to want to see clinical studies using the whole plant, using what you're buying in your dispensary for the conditions that you want to treat it with. If you want your doctor to start feeling comfortable with that, you're going to need to put the money down to do it. Can't the doctors do it themselves? They can do their, they can perform their, perform no. their own research and clinical trials without my money. It's money. Dr. Felicia says it takes money. They said, no, 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 they can't. She says it takes money, she says. And and with that, we're going to roll into stone, Rico. You ready? Our next correspondent is Reverend ATX, straight out of the great purple state of Texas. And he's the host of a show with the name of uh, 
hitting the high road. Here to take us home on this beautiful Thursday morning is no other than the beautiful white man himself, <laughs> Stone Slade. Thank you, Rico. Today I made my story out of New York City. The slow opening of licensed adult use dispensaries in New York has created the urgent need for an alternative marketplace. The New York Office of Cannabis Management is exploring the possibility of permitting cannabis farmers to sell their products at farmers markets and possibly concerts and festivals. Rules are still being drafted, but cultivators would also have to partner with a licensed retail to participate. Now, statewide, millions of dollars of products are, remain unsold, getting drier by the day, including 1,200 pounds of flour grown by Joanne Kudrowitz. I know I butchered your name, Joanne. In frustration, Kudrowitz voiced her concern, saying, all of what we have, all that we were planning to sell is sitting in inventory. We have not had an outlet. We're not on the shelves anywhere. Despite their efforts, cannabis farmers like Kritowitz are facing significant challenges in finding ways to sell the products. Hassani Sadara, a resident of the East Village, shares her perspective saying, hey, I don't think it's much different than selling fruits and vegetables. She suggests that treating cannabis like any other agricultural product could be a viable solution. While this program aims to address the concerns of farmers, legal experts highlight the complexities involved in its execution Many municipalities are not receptive to the idea of cannabis retail stores, making it difficult to find suitable locations. Lauren Reddick, a cannabis lawyer, emphasized the logistical challenges, particularly related to security and space. Reddick states, not a lot of landlords or open spaces are willing to accommodate this first of its kind opportunity. Now, despite the controversy surrounding this proposal, growers across New York assert that it is crucial for their survival the slow rollout of licensed adult use dispensaries has left them with a limited number of buyers. The Office of Cannabis uh, Management acknowledges the growing momentum uh, for increased retail demand. Currently, there's only 12 dispensaries in the state that are operational with another dozen in the final stages of opening. The program allowing for cannabis farmers to sell their products at farmers market could begin as early as within the month. However, the implementation process will require careful consideration and collaboration with various stakeholders to address logistical and regulatory challenges ahead. Now, I can't begin to tell you how much I love this idea. I've said it before. I think cannabis should be sold at farmers markets and treated like any other agricultural product. I believe the way that we had to go about legalization sucks because now we're tied to this model that treats the plant like a pharmaceutical drug instead of the nutraceutical that it is. It never should have been this way. Instead, it should have been treated like any of the other, other plants that, that have uh, psychoactive effects, like the, the areca nut, which is legal. It has similar effects to chewing the tobacco. Uh, consumers often experience a mild euphoric relaxation and improved concentration, but comes along with oral cancer and tooth discoloration. Coffee, we all know the effects of coffee, as well as you know, the eventual caffeine crash associated with that and the headaches that come with once you're addicted to coffee and you need it every morning, your body depends on it. Kratom produces a mild euphoria of pain uh, relief by engaging the human body's opioid receptors. And how about nutmeg, one of everyone's favorite holiday spices? Uh, it may be more profound than the average person expects. Nutmeg contains a psychoactive compound called myristicin, which boasts similar effects to mescaline, the primary psychoactive in peyote cactus. And large doses of nutmeg can cause hallucinations, dizziness, and general intoxication. Hell, you can even grow your own tobacco at home as long as you don't sell or trade it. My point is cannabis should definitely be an agricultural product openly sold at farmer's markets. There's zero evidence of any research that shows why it even ended up on the schedule one list to begin with. And it's past time to acknowledge that. I'd love to hear what you guys think. I'm Stone Slade reporting for the Hyatt 9 News Hour. 
I'm all for the farmer's market. But like we said before, Jason, like you're going to open yeah. this farmer's market right next to all these trappers. Exactly. No one's going to buy this overtaxed, dry, crumbly boof. They got to do something with it. <laughs> what they need to do is they need to turn it into desolate. That's the best thing they could do with it. I've been close oh. enough to been able to attend a couple of those underground farmers markets uh, in California, and they are wonderful. I mean, it's such a variety, <laughs> and the prices are yeah, you know, yeah, can't yeah. beat them. I mean, remember, remember they tried to do that shit in uh, East LA, Jason. The, the, the direct to consumer model. Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> we need that. That's exactly what I we mean, need. That's a true free market right there. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, the trapper is able to prosper because they're able to prop up their product, you know, and sell it off the shelf, just like, you know, cookies and all these other brands that are taking over the cannabis industry. Because I remember cannabis before uh, Prop 64 and big business took over. And I'd love the mom and pop shops, the way that they would treat the customer, you know, the little perks, the uh, new patient gifts and all of this other stuff. And all of that is gone now. You know what I'm saying? It's all about the almighty dollar and how much they can profit off of you as a patient, because it is, like Stone said, a plant. It's a medicine. Before anything else that anyone has and wants to perceive it as, it's a plant that grows out of the ground. It's an herb, and you can use it for lots of medicinal benefits. And doctors out there through research have proven that. Unless we need more research to prove that. I just I, I just got to say, say one quick thing before we get out of here, Rico, is that it, when they do this, I feel so bad for the farmers because all of those farmers that grew all of this boof, boof weed are going to have to sit there and and basically lie to people and telling them how great their product is while they're selling it to them, looking at them straight in the face. Yes, indeed. And um, we are at the top of the hour. Thank you all for joining today's episode of High Nine News. You can always catch us weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our super fans showing and love getting the comments projected live on the big screen. Also to the live audience members and online supporters catching us across all media platforms, tuning in and giving us feedback on the daily headlines of chaos. Our vetted correspondent team tuning in from all over, bringing us much needed variety of perspective and your respected opinions to the table as well. Our production team, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, The Vortex, The 91 Club, and all our supporters helping us keep the lights on in our AV struggles to a minimum and of course Jaja Simone holding things down as she always does over in Clubhouse to the haters out there I hope you uh, eat a uh, jack-in-the-box Snoop Dogg meal and have diarrhea at least until Monday <laughs> seriously though always Cannabis Sativa L the reason High 9 News team shows up and reads these headlines daily thank you babe it has been Thursday June 8th 2023 the show's over you've all been blessed with today's top industry headlines I'm Rico to meet the dopest dad on the street and giving it up to Rochelle Gordon for the final word today the Minnesota marijuana monster you- thank you Rico all I gotta say is keep the vibes high there you go